Welcome to our podcast, Today is Weird. We are your hosts, Rhea and Alex. Two friends living in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, talking about how intuition operates and when things get weird. Weird. Okay, hi everyone. Um, We're back. Uh, We still are distancing, actually, so we are... Still having Alex call in. We're on FaceTime this time, though. There were some technical difficulties with our last episode. I'm sorry to those that listened to it. It ended up being scratchy just about once we started talking about the real stuff. (laughs) Um, Which we kind of were, you know, took it as like maybe it was just technical weirdness. Maybe it was also just not meant to be talked about or not meant to be, not necessarily talked about, but not meant to be released. Um, So we took that down. (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah I mean I think we both wanted to just preface this conversation acknowledging there's a lot going on right now um and obviously as we've kind of uh said before we both have very specific perspectives um for who we are and what we're kind of connected into and we want to honor that Uh, and I think you and I both really honor everyone's experience right now um and that's kind of what we in a weird way, tangentially wanted to talk about today, abstractly, is more like, uh, what is truth? How to figure out your truth, how to honor other people's truths, um, and, you know, it's not necessarily even about what's going on right now, but just in general, how to connect with yourself, how to know what feels right, and how to kind of align with that, right? Is that, am I saying it right? Yeah, no, no big deal. Yeah, we're just going to tackle this. We're just going to take this on today. <laughs> we're just going to try to scratch at it. I don't, you know, again, uh, yeah, we are yeah, not experts. We're, we're like going to, you know, the upload is going to happen today to like five, I, I'll be ambitious, 5% of talking about <laughs> truth. How about that? Yeah. Three to 5% little upgrade or uh, processing. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to kind of start the conversation from our perspective. Exactly. We'll have to have another part. We say that every episode. I know. <laughs> We're just putting Ever information out there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, and I think what's interesting about this is, yes, we're going to talk about truth, but what's kind of inherent with truth is no one can tell you what yours is. So we are not going to be telling yes. you what yeah. your truth is. I think the hopes that we both have, both in our work in our lives and in this episode is just to activate and empower you to figure out what what your answers are what your perspective is um and what your truth is yeah and going into like the bodily ideas like the physiology of what that feels like um in terms of um you know the nervous system the brain different places that you can kind of ground your experience in um, and then also the archetypes we talked about doing a little bit of as above, so below with the magician and energy, as well as talking about, um, a little bit about trauma. Um, so just like a heads up about that as well. Again, I feel like maybe just don't drive and listen to our podcast. I feel like every time I'm like, pull over, get something to eat, rest when you're tired. Um, <laughs> So I just like a warning too of like work, you know, working with that word and with the patterns of that, we had, um, talked about that, Ray and I, 
um, about talking about that in the podcast. So just an FYI, like not any kind of triggering trauma, but you know, just the word and going into the physiology of trauma can sometimes bring, bring things up for people. So just uh, a warning around that, or not even a warning, an awareness around that. Cause you know, the analogy I use is like, we're taking like a piece of Ray and I are taking a piece of paper and we're writing down our truth and we're like kind of putting it into this hat where everybody's kind of doing that. And it's not necessarily that it gets pulled out and, and, and looked at, uh, it's more so that we honor the process of what that is, um, is kind of where we're going into today. Yes. Cool. So let's see, where do we start? <laughs> I know. Where do we start? Do you want to start? Well, I actually want to ask you thoughts at the beginning. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, well, I want to ask you some, some questions because even in the last episode that we recorded and didn't really get, um, well, exhibited properly, I guess you could say, some of the tidbits do connect into this topic of kind of how to feel in your body when things resonate or don't. And sometimes, you know, it does get uh, complicated because we can internalize other people's feelings. We can internalize projections or manifestations of, you know, trauma or shadow, these triggering points, if you will. But um, I would like for you to talk about, you know, that we talked a little bit about the difference between dopamine and serotonin as far as this this whole idea that you talk about it a lot, which I love, is being when systems are upregulated, which to me almost feels like when they're not grounded, right? Like when it does when you're not really in your body in a sense of letting it flow through you, but you kind of get it's it's when you get triggered, really, is right when you get upregulated. So if you can just Talk to a, a, that a little bit, especially in the body with the nervous system, what upregulation really means and feels like and what's going on physically when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of really cool things in our body that are going on. And I say cool to like just say like we are equipped with uh, physiology and anatomy and chemicals and cells and all these beautiful things, muscles, uh, tissues that, um, are to align ourselves to our greater purpose in a lot of ways. And so, um, what's really cool is that it's kind of like, um, we've got this really beautiful world that we don't necessarily always utilize. That's how I think of it, especially when it comes to intuition and intuitive things and instincts. And I know we'll talk about that as well, because the serotonin is so beautifully connected to our enteric nervous system, you know, and again, like serotonin is produced by mammals, fungus, plants, or fungi, plants, animals, um, well, of course mammals, but, um, and insects. So it's really interesting because it's something you can kind of co-regulate in, um, around you. And then of course we talked about dopamine in this other way, which is like more at the seat of addiction. And of course, dopamine is good. It's, um, produced in the brain and in the kidneys. So it is a little more connected to our pleasure center. So it's kind of like, Hey, you've experienced this, this trauma, like let's, let's then eat the ice cream has the feeling to it. And social media is like the energetics of social media is very, very connected to, to dopamine. And so upregulation is like, obviously like you can even think of that when you think of the word regular, like we don't always want to be regular either. When we're upregulated, it, it also could be a sign of caring deeply about something like we're upregulated, like Passion. I'm sitting straight up. Yeah. Like my hair standing up 
on the back of my head. Like, so these are all things that help us understand our values, our world, all of that, that good stuff. Um, and then also knowing too, how to be in this, like the spaciousness of serotonin, um, which is not this kind of like up and down thing. So if you've ever, if you've ever read like the book attached, when it comes to the attachment styles, you have anxious, all this real reductionist, anxious, avoidant and secure, secure attachment is like that serotonin based attachment. It's sometimes boring. Uh, <laughs> it's sometimes kind of like, you know, but it regulates mood, sleep, appetite, all of these things. So it's like very connected to that hum of the nervous system, right? Central nervous system, brain, spinal cord. And then you have your peripheral nervous system, which is like how we interact with our outer world, including our eyes. If you've ever seen that creepy thing of like the skeletal of the, of the nervous system, the eyes are included, like where things are in relationship to us and something we're cultivating, um, you know, during the pandemic with six feet physical distance is like very much, um, you know, connected to our peripheral or nervous system, proprioception, which is our sense of safety. And so it's really interesting because, um, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to our nervous system and, and all of these things, we kind of know, like, it's like, we know, we, we know when we're getting into more of like, a connection based on an agreement or based on, um, you know, social pressure, shame, anything like that. We like know because it feels, it can feel like belittling. And then it can also feel like a high, like, woo, here we go. We're all going in. We're all going in. And then, and then we have the low that comes after that with the dopamine. So what we're, what we're looking toward is that kind of like a fearless warrior kind of feeling of, of serotonin so that we can get to a space where we're not triggered. Oh God, I'm going to say his name on our podcast. <laughs> so one of the things my guides told me about about a year ago was you need to work up to a space and it, you know, I don't want to get into politics in terms of this, but um, in terms of presidency, but they were like, you need to get to a space where you're not triggered by our current president. Meaning when I see him speaking, I'm not like, blah, blah, or read an article and I'm like, yeah, he's a jerk. Like where I just am neutrality. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, cool. Thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for that task. And so now when I'm in that space where things just aren't as emotive for me in that way, and I'm not saying don't feel that is 100% not what I'm not saying, but it's much more like my response and orientation to it. The right relationship for me is in this space of like, okay, what is the information? And then how am I centered in my being? And I think that this is really where the root of truth is. It's when we, you know, when I was a little kid and again, I have no interest in like talking shit about my family at all. They're wonderful people. Um, it was just like, especially, you know, and this is more so with my parents, like, it's like, it was apparent, that's <laughs> hilarious that like my, my family of origin, we just didn't feel the way, like I just was very emotive and very feeling my sister was too. So was my brother in a lot of ways as well. And and so it was kind of like I was taught to 
prioritize my thoughts over my feelings and that my intuition was in my imagination, right? Like I've talked about this before and, and, and what, where truth is hidden is in, and I will say the word hidden there is in, is in our gut is in that like third chakra, that like enteric space. And like, I was taught that this thing, that, 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 that mechanism was false, wrong, not provable by science, which by the way, we are proving it now. So there you go. Check. I don't know what that means. Right. Like <laughs> check. Like when people are like, cause science, I'm like, that makes no sense. <laughs> we have a <laughs> hypothesis that we like test, right? Like, there, there is human in everything, right. Um, and nature and everything in that way, but that's a whole other podcast. But, and so, you know, for me, a lot of my life was like running into dopamine highs to feel connection and to understand like, okay. And like, I'm pretty risk adverse, thank God. Cause it was like, not in a risky way, but it was kind of like, okay, how can I, how can I chase this? and look outside myself rather than looking in. And I think serotonin is our key to our enteric gut brain to that, like settling in of truth. So that when someone tells me, Hey, you've got to think this way, Hey, you've got to think this way, or a song comes into my head that I haven't heard in years or weeks or whatever. And I'm like, cool, this is someone else's thought. And like, I know we're going to get into that with energy and all of that, but it's just interesting because I think truth is so layered for everybody. So the physiology of our system is very, very important. And when we're taught not to listen to our bodies and not to go into that and not to listen to our instincts, our intuition as empaths, 100% are, that's the narcissist and the empath, right? Like that's the gaslighting that happens. Um, you know, the lights are being turned down and we see the lights being turned down and yet we're being told it's us and we're having to live in a different reality. And so when we come back around to our own reality, we're able to see the truth within everything, not in an omniscient way, I'm like going off onto a tangent, not in an omniscient way, but in a way that helps us settle into uh, the table. We know the table we're going to sit at. We invite who we want to sit at the table and we ask those we don't want to sit at the table, like to politely leave or not so politely leave. Um, Because a lot of times people will again, tell you like, Oh no, 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 come sit at my table. And if we aren't in our truth, then we can get pulled in many, many different directions. Um, and the physiology of that is serotonin. This is what's cool is because you can like read about serotonin. You can just think about the pineal gland relationship to it right at the base of the skull. You can think about that chemical feeling and like, I'm actually doing it in my system right now. Like it's literally like a, this nervous system glow, this tone that I do like, Ooh, I can feel it. There it is. Like, and so that relationship has just become so clear. And so I want to say that and honor like a lot of trauma that I've worked through to like, or not even worked through, conversed with <laughs> to get to a space where it's like, whoop, like the accessibility is there. This is what yoga is, right? It's like the accessibility is there. The well is right there. I don't even actually remember your original question. This happens every podcast. Um, but it's cool because... It's a difference in response. It's a difference in the endocrine. Think about our, our fight or flight with the kidneys, our, our sympathetic, which is part of our autonomic nervous system, our peripheral. 
we want we want dopamine. We want to experience those highs because it gives us this idea of our sense of time and space, reality in these really different ways. We want that. It's just that when we're chasing it is when we're like away from our own our own sense of self and our own truth um, in that way. And this has to do with like information and, and energy as well. The more we're in that serotonin space, the more capacity we have for information, the more capacity we have for people, for, you know, their journey, for things that are going on in the world that are, are, are much bigger than ourselves. Like we're able to kind of like be in that space. Um, when people say holding space, it's a serotonin connection, heart space, of course, serotonin connection. Mm. That's, those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, and it's something too, like, um, I feel like we're kind of taught a little bit like that we're meant to be in a space of like, I mean, it's like the, the classic tale of the rat race. We're meant to be in a, a go, go, go space, you know? And like when I, when I discovered that that quote truth, as I'll put it, was a lie. There's like grief in your system after that. When you discover these societal things are, are actually lies, you have to take a minute and be like, cool, and, and, and dismantle it. Like, it's like, it is. It's like, how do we release these lies that, that someone once told you was a truth? And it's a whole, a whole, these are on multi-levels of, of, of many, many different systems and affect us all in many, many different ways. And so the, the goal is to not then distrust the system or distrust people or da, 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 that's responding from trauma. The goal is to say, oh, did you believe this was the truth as well? Because, because it's actually, okay, it's a lie. Perfect. I see you, right? Um, it's like a knowing and a seeing rather than like the dopamine would be like, that's bad. This is good. It, it, it compartmentalizes for us um, in this really, we need it. It's a wonderful mechanism in our system, but we kind of like, you know, if I were to use like this evolving away from, I'm like, can we, you know, like, like let's evolve into this place where we're all kind of like, you know, like my ideal world, I've said this before, is like you go to a coffee shop and you're like, hey, Rhea, how's your nervous system? <laughs> I'm like, well, it's good. It feels a little da, 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 da. All right, let's sit. Like we always do this before our podcast. We like sit and we like talk and we ground and we like brainstorm. That's kind of like my ideal world. And so, um, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Um, like the, hey, how are you? So I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Especially right now. I don't even know how to, I don't. That's, I don't know I even know how to answer that. Um, so what I hear you saying and what it's kind of bringing up in me is there's a, obviously there's a lot there to unpack. I think that um, finding your truth, quote unquote, is like it is the process, right? It's the self-work. It's the self-care. It's what we're trying to figure out our whole lives. It's the kind of thing that evolves every moment. Um, and it does feel like the more that you can tune into your own system, either in understanding the physicality of if you're a scientific and you understand, you know, the neural pathways and the and the nervous system aspect of it, great. If you use images 
and that works better for you, awesome. But it's something about tuning in and it, it feels like the more you are kind of living from yourself first outwards, the more you'll understand what that truth is. Now, again, that's not necessarily being um, self-absorbed. People can, and, and that's that's a whole other thing. I don't even know how to explain that. I guess that's kind of like a complete um, projection, uh, being completely self-absorbed. What I see is honoring truth is knowing, like really tuning into your own system, knowing what that feels like. There are exercises you can do. Um, I know Shaman Durek has interesting ones in his book that kind of really resonated with me where, you know, you literally ask your body, like, body, show me a yes. And then you wait and you see what you feel and sense and it's going to be different for everyone. And what he um, directs you to do is to say, okay, and speak aloud. I'm feeling such and such and such. Please give me more. Like, please intensify the yes. Please really, so you can really understand what the yes is. And you do it for no as well. And just like with any other process and what we've talked about, um, it's, it, it is kind of this, for lack of a better term, work. It's something that you cultivate. It's something that you kind of have to uncover. There are people that kind of, um, as they grew up, for whatever reason, it was instilled in, in them uh, maybe more strongly. But a lot of us, we have gotten far away from it. And I do think a lot of it is internalizing the outside world. So much of it is internalizing other people's thoughts or projections of what we think people think of us. It really is the more that you value what is outside of yourself first um, is when you get away from it. And also, you know, in connection with that, hearing some of what you're talking about in the body, the way that I think about it um, is the difference in kind of what we you maybe mentioned before is like this heart... Um, heart versus brain concept where I've really tried to train myself to feel first and think second because our, our thinking brain works so over time. It has all this conditioning. There's a lot going on there. But if you are able to tune into your heart or that gut space, right, where even in meditations or in Qigong, for example, they really believe that's where you store your energy. That's where your consciousness is, right? Kind of at the base of your stomach, that area what they call the Don Tien, that it, if you can tune into that or to your heart and really start opening up to what it will say to you, that will really guide you into what is right for you, what is a yes, what is a no, and the thoughts, then you can understand the thoughts, and I think this is part of the responsibility of truth, is not only figuring out yours, but then honoring how does that interact with what your environment, with other people around you, so that's when you let the thoughts in, and you say, okay, how does that make sense in the situation I'm in now, so if you're able to kind of create that practice for yourself, and part of it is really slowing down, I think a lot of the tools episode that we recorded could be helpful in this, and trying to really discover and uncover what your truth is, and, and it may even take some trauma work, some shadow work to peel back the layers, because that's what, I mean, I'm still on the journey, you peel back another layer, you peel back another layer of a mask that I'm wearing, or projection, or a moment that I internalize someone else's wants, or, um, you know, was internalizing my own conditioning of what society dictates I should feel or do, um, it takes a lot of time, but once you're able to do that, then you can really cultivate that, and it really is engaging with yourself. Um, there was something in um, this video that was really profound that I found recently where it was talking about owning your frequency, 
and that that that's where the power is of actually it's figuring out who you are right and I think there's so many interesting exercises you can do to discover this to write down what do I believe in what do I feel when when do things feel right for me what are things in the past that I've looked back upon that weren't weren't didn't pan out like weren't right for me but I did them anyway or when you know when did I not show up for myself all of these things write them down let them flow through you because that's another really important thing with this aspect of truth from my perspective is you're going to have to learn how to have really interesting boundaries from the outside world in order to keep your truth intact because otherwise it's going to be put into question every day. I can sit here on my mountaintop and be alone for two weeks or, you know, in this quarantine multiple months <laughs> and then go back <laughs> into society and have a conversation with a friend and all of the things that I realized and felt and kind of built up in myself could are all, all of a sudden put into question and I have to choose in that moment am I going to stay true to what I felt when I was alone or am I going to let whatever emotional or energetic thing that's, you know, kind of threatening me now, not even threatening, but just I'm encountering now to change that for me. So you have to really have these, um, I love the, the visual of when salt water meets fresh water, where there's a little bit of it, it kind of like, it's not necessarily a wall, you know, you let some of it in, but you're really conscious of what you're letting in. It's very, you have to start really being very intentional of how, you're interacting with people, um, and it is a lot of just checking in with yourself constantly. Like, what do I feel right now? What do I feel right now? Did that feel right? And sometimes that's an interesting challenge because you're in a conversation with someone, and you can't necessarily be having this whole internalization and processing in your body and in your head, which is why, you know, a lot of people think that this is a privilege to be able to do a lot of self-work and to face yourself and move through a lot of this, which I agree with, but I also think there are ways to, it's really just connecting with yourself, which you can, you can cultivate a practice of doing it so quick, but it does take some, some effort to get there. So yeah, and that's kind of what I'm, what I'm really mulling on around all of this. It's about slowing down as we've talked about, even with the tools of, of cultivating a toolbox, you have to slow down, you have to make space for it, you have to cultivate it, and you have to constantly refer back to it over and over and over again. I mean, I had a really interesting thing uh, shift in my life where I moved my paper recycling bin in my kitchen, and it had been in a certain place for, I don't know, years, and I decided to put it somewhere else that made a little more sense, like in a cabinet. It has taken me weeks almost every day I recycle some sort of piece of paper I it's just automatically automatically keep going back to that space even and it's you know it's starting to plant the consciousness of okay right 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 it's it's in the cabinet but I still find myself doing it especially when I'm distracted when I'm not really focused and thinking about it and that is such an interesting metaphor with how we are deconditioning ourselves how we can tune into ourselves it has to be this active process that you have to you have to be diligent about it. It's a discipline in a way. And I even was imagining, wow, if, if it wasn't a physical thing where it's like, no, no, right, this thing's over there, would I remember every time? You have to really cultivate almost an inner trigger of when you get triggered to then activate these things. Like, how does this feel? What does this mean? Do I engage? Do I not? Really sorting through all of it and saying, where am I showing up? What do I feel? And how does that make sense with this situation or does it not? 
So I don't know that it got a little more abstract. I, I think. It, <laughs> I know because we're talking about truth. <laughs> <sighs> no, I love it. I mean, if I can add to that, I want to make sure your your thought. Okay. Um. So you know, like I wrote down, it's a feeling, not words. Like I think we're reducing it down into words. But what I like hear you saying around that is like that, like checking in with the feeling, the essence. Like the third chakra is the solar plexus, it's fire, it's yellow, um, and it's our essence. And like, you think of the fool card and the magician card in tarot, it's like, it's like the, the fool card is like the ethers above the fire. It's like the idea before the thought. It's like the space between the notes. It's the nothingness that exists before the thing. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of, it's really cool to think about like our essence is so tied to our truth in that way. Um, And then you have the magician of as above, so below of the ethers and the energy of it. Um, Because like, you know, what I, what I also like hear you saying too, is like, you're, you're cultivating the relationship of it. Right. And that's the relationship of higher self. Higher self is in the ethers. That's the energy of it. Like if you were to just like you, you can't because it's like I think truth is such a right-brained, um, non-linear concept in a lot of ways, right? And so when we try to distill it into our left brain and bring it into the world, like you, you can't really like put it in a bottle and like you know, <laughs> like send it off somewhere. It's evolving and shifting with you. And so it's like that's the higher self. That's the ancestry. That's the guides. That's the ability of like when you are more in a space of your own truth, your ancestry is like awesome. Now we can show up for for her, for them, like this, for he, like whatever, you know, like we can show up in this way. You know, and in readings, I always see ancestry as a large metaphor. Um, and it, it, it that can change. That's not like uh, stuck in stone or set in stone. Um but that can change because there's kind of like this connection to like bloodline ancestry in that way. And then the guides are working kind of like in front of that is the best way to describe that. Because then like, this is when they get the tap on the shoulder, like, okay, she, he, they are ready. Like, Oh, Oh, like that's that, that, that true North, that sense of readiness that is really cool because it kind of like, it's like the Rubik's cube. It's like that like the thing, and I can never solve the Rubik's Cube, so, uh, the thing, like, that, like, sets in place, like, it's, like, doop, like, you can feel it in your system, and I just want to say this, too, with your really, really beautiful description of boundaries there, so can everyone else, (laughs) like, and some people show up and honor that truth, and are, like, you're, like, fuck yeah, and, like, that's that connection, and some people will freak out, like there will be this involvement from friendships, possibly relationships, um, different things like that, because, um, you're no longer catering to someone else's needs. This can happen too, as well. Uh, just touching on the empath and narcissistic, uh, pattern. This can also happen there as well with, with that, like you, you are no longer supplying, um, them because, you know, the empath's goal is truth the narcissist goal is supply. And this is where like a lot of times people will talk about the age. Shaman Dirk talks about this, the age of narcissism and learning, learning via narcissistic ways, right. And, and the energetics of social media 
with dopamine, with all of that, because the, the energetics of all of that is it's very rooted in a space of, um, supply. Like, uh, I've been joking around, you know, that like, it's, it's like you're feeding your truth or you're feeding the matrix, <laughs> you know, like, and you can really feel like, and, and, and I'm not saying it's that black and white, uh, or that even mutually exclusive, let's put it that way, but it helps me clarify when I'm in the energy of my truth or I'm in the energy of the matrix, because the matrix will prove to you whatever you want to be proved in right. I think this is where like the, like really hilarious, like kind of oversimplified statement of like, you can choose to be happy or you can choose to be right came from. <laughs> uh, I don't know whoever, whoever came up with that quote probably didn't think of the matrix. Maybe, maybe, maybe they did, but you know, like uh, there is this, there is this pull. It's seductive. Like this is one thing we don't talk about the matrix. I think of the matrix, you know, you think of Keanu Reeves, shout out. He's, uh, everyone loves Keanu Reeves. Mega I want to find a human that doesn't like Keanu Reeves and just like ask them why. Cause he's so great. Um, you know, we think of, um, uh, that red pill, blue pill, all of that's good stuff with the matrix. Like we have kind of a matrixy idea actually of the matrix. But the matrix is seductive. It's like, yes, come to me. It's can it connects with you in your deepest way, in your deepest parts, in the deepest ways possible. So many, not you know, like we'll get weird. Today is weird, right? So many entities feed off the matrix and need that, need that supply. And when we untangle ourselves from the matrix, and we, the the truth is always waiting for us. And this is what is so beautiful about the process of this. Because it can, in the physical world, look ugly. It can look like the tower card. It can look like things, you know, systems being overthrown. It can look like all of this stuff that, that you know, of course, is happening astrologically as well. We just had the full moon in Sagittarius. We're in Gemini season. We're in, like, the truth is kind of welling up. And then, you know, we're going into Cancer where it's going to get kind of, like, muddled. Even though, you know, like, uh, I was watching... Um, uh, a, a video of the peace dealer on he's on Instagram and on YouTube. And he was like, he was like talking about how the water signs are so intuitive. And then we get kind of like told we're not, or, you know, gaslit or whatever. And like, he's like, cancer's always no, <laughs> you know? And like, I think of all my beautiful cancer sun, moon. I have a few cancer moon friends, you know, actually I don't think I have any cancer rising friends, but I probably do somewhere out there, but they know, you know, they know. And it's like this background conversation of like, Oh, I know they know. Oh, I know they see it. Like for me as a double Pisces, it's like that Piscean watery quality of like, okay, I see shit, but like, what do I do with it? And you were like, we're like a motive, like, ah, like, you know, at our, our best and our worst and, and, and can be kind of quite awful at our worst actually. But you know, like there's, there's like visions and dreams and all of these things will, the more you sit in their truth, all of these things will start to ramp up. And then people, you know, I'll just say it like this, the conversation in our culture, the matrix is going to come in and be like, oh, you're crazy. Oh girl, you're crazy. That happens to me all the time. You're crazy. Oh, are you schizophrenic? Like, Ooh, you're seeing things. Are you hallucinating there? Like there's this like there's this grab that comes in because it wants you to go back into that space of supplying. 
and you're like, it, it is this boundary, this constant, like, ah, uh-uh, no, this is mine. No, I stand here. And I think, and I'll, I'll stop talking about serotonin, I promise. But I think serotonin is like a tone in our system we can go to, to be like, hey, I'm over here doing my thing. Right. Like in readings, I always see people, we go to like the pasture or we go to the wildflower field or we go, you know, and like the sign I'll see for intuitives is like the fire with like the ancestral intuitives and then like, like a wooded area that you'd see in like, I don't know, the, the Northwest or something like tall wooded, I guess they would be pine trees. And, and it's this idea of like, you know, like I recently had a reading, um, and you know, not to disclose who this client was, of course, but you know, where there was like this, like knowing of being intuitive from a, a, from a child. And I see her as a child in this white dress and we're standing at the edge of these woods. And she's like, her inner child is like, these woods are bad. We can't go in there. And I'm like, no, we can go in there. And she's like, my dress is going to get dirty. And I'm like, no, it's not it's not, we're good. And I grab her hand in the reading and we walk through and on the other side is all this magic. And like, it's like this like circus. It's like a, like a good circus, like fire, you know, throwers, like all this stuff. And it's like, Oh, my magic was here. Not this scary wooded area. Like, and it's like, it's like, there's the matrix telling us one thing. And sometimes like, that's the saying, the only way out is through, right? Like there is this, like, we have to walk into that shadow or into that darkness sometimes to like see the magic, the other side in that way. Um, And this is what I love about orienting to truth because it, I mean, you could live your whole life in this philosophy of like, how am I going to orient to truth? Right? Like, and one thing we're kind of dancing around too, that I just want to enter into the conversation that is a little bit of a side note, <laughs> but is this idea of like of human design as well, which we, I know we both nerd out on. Neither of us are human design readers, <laughs> uh, you know, like, but astrology, like human design, um, you can look up human design. I'm a generator, Ray is a projector. Um, and, but I'm a five, one profile. And so five, one, five twos are often projected upon. And so there's always this, like, this happens when I play tennis, there's this idea of who I am and I can feel the person's idea of who I am. And I'm like, cool, like you can live in that over here and I'm going to live in my truth. And I'm not attached to proving someone wrong or right about myself. I am simply holding space for them to see, see past the projection and like, that's why human design is so beautiful. And then I have like the other part that was really helpful for me. I want these centers and gates. It's like a lot of things to talk about, but the heart center for me is filled in. So a lot of times people will look to me to understand how to feel, which totally makes sense. I'm an empath. It makes sense. Right. So I could serve that up on a platter for people or like continue to give that supply. Or I could say, okay, I'm going to be sitting over here. Let me know when you want to join me. And that's that boundary, the energetic work I feel that is there. Like I can feel it so beautifully. Like I love my converse, this conversation, like my ancestors, my guides, my like past loved ones, everyone is just like, like you can feel, like you said, frequency, like you can feel the vibration, the frequency shift in the room when someone comes in who is like owning their truth, they're grounded in it. They're like, fuck yeah, here I am. You're, you, you're like, okay, they, they, they get it. That's the sentence. They get it. 
it's all grounded in this, like the physiology of this. Um, and so I just love it because it's like, you know, people will be like, oh, you're, you know, Alex is double Pisces, Leo sign, Ray is a Leo, and you've got the Virgo rising, right? Like, is it Virgo moon? Scorpio moon. Scorpio moon, Libra Scorpio rising. Scorpio moon, Libra rising. You got all those planets in Virgo, so. I yeah, we got a lot of Virgo. <laughs> Virgo, talk about the hermit card, truth, see, yeah, a whole other podcast again, but. <laughs> You know, like, we could go into that and you could be like, oh, well, you know, I'm a Leo, therefore, da, 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 da. Or you can be like, cool, here's the energy of this, and here I am in my truth, right? Like, I could be like, I'm a Pisces, I'm supposed to be intuitive in, like, the ocean and, like, in the subconscious and emo and, you know, organize my world according to energy, which I do a lot of, but it also is, like, cool, thank you for this chapter of this book. Now I can be in my own truth, myself, my soul, my essence in that way. Um, oh my God, I love talking about this. <laughs> I don't think I realized how much I was going to love talking about this until we like got into it. But anyways, I wanted to like add to it because I love those points, what you said. Yes. Okay. So more points in hearing what yes. you were saying. So what I want to highlight and what you're talking about is essentially it's a radical practice, right? I mean, it is radical. You are bucking the system by choosing what feels right for you. It is this sense of creating autonomy. It's sovereignty. It's creating like, I am difference individuation, right? Like this is me. This is my bubble. This is what's right for me. And that does create some challenges for other people. And something that we talked about in the episode that had we had to take down that I love and we haven't brought up otherwise, I don't think, is this idea of like giving back something. So you can take back your energy, which I, you know, recently started aligning with this concept and I love it. Calling back your energy from different relationships from your job from all these aspects you can kind of do it after grounding yourself in a visualization you can also give back other people's energy because they give you energy and that's also taking away from them they deserve to have all their own energy and to be dealing all with all of their stuff because that's their stuff so giving their energy back and then taking yours back into yourself so that exchange being clear on that and it's yeah it's this idea of I think what's interesting is you do, you have to empower yourself constantly to do this. They, there may be figures in your life. I hope there are. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, I have a lot of people that are supportive in my life, but nobody was ever like, Rhea, what's your truth? F- figure out your truth. Stand for your truth. There was nobody really pushing me into that time and time again in a way that drove me forward. I had to figure it out myself. You have to have this drive to activate this empowerment and also maintain it. It it does take choosing and that's what I want to say. It's it's recognizing that you are choosing every moment what you're doing. You're choosing how you show up. You're choosing how to bring your energy to people or how other people have power over you. You are it's always a choice. And once you awaken up to that and that's exactly what the matrix whole thing is like red pill blue pill like what are you going to choose? So it's once you start recognizing that, then you create the consciousness and awareness around that, that then you're intentionally choosing in every moment. And I think what is important, um, oh God, it was a quote from, uh, oh, I'm not going to think of it at this moment. There was a really beautiful essay 
that talks about the idea of like integrity. And if you make a choice, there's going to be a while, a while probably, you're just going to do it for the rest of your life where you choose things, perhaps intentionally, that may have consequences or that may turn out in a way that you didn't anticipate. But you have to own that because that was a choice and you actively chose that. So it's also taking responsibility for everything that's happening around you, what you choose to put weight into. That's also what all of this is about. It's figuring out who you are separate from everybody else, but also how that fits in with everybody else or doesn't, you know? So it both is the self and it's the collective. Um, And it's this sense of alignment that it is hard to articulate in words. As we've said multiple times, language is restrictive. (laughs) Like anything that's spoken in word, I feel is restrictive because it's not coming from, and it can sometimes, you know, come from, you can almost sense somebody's intent or vibration, even if their words aren't aligning, but it's this idea of aligning with yourself. It's that vibrational yes. It's figuring out what that is. That's the force. It's the magnetism of like, yes, this is mine. But there is this risk moment that you are stepping out from the quote unquote normal, the quote unquote mass, like whatever you are creating, and but what I want to say that's so beautiful that keeps driving me forward is when you do that, like you said, when you see someone walk into a room, you just sense it. You don't even need to know. You just feel it, and that's what we're talking about. You feel it. That's what you should be feeling in your body all the time. And the minute you start stepping into that yourself, you're giving permission to other people to do it for themselves, which is exactly what that person did for you. So it's almost this responsibility as well that I keep driving And there's times where I'm like, it sounds hedonistic, but it almost, it's important for you to do this work because you're doing it for everyone. (laughs) Because the minute you step more and more into it, other people are like, oh, she thinks different or they think different or they did something, but they they felt really good and confident and solid in that. Like, I want to figure out what I'm good and confident and solid in. And it's that feeling. It's, and I keep articulating it as a, a sense of radiance because you do kind of radiate when you're really in you know, your, yourself, when you're really in yourself, and that's what we're talking about, when you're really in yourself, you radiate, you're, you glow. Other people are like, who is that? And what are they eating? You know, <laughs> what is their, uh, nutrition regime? Like, I want, I want that. <laughs> what do you do for self-care? You know, yeah. so it's, it's that. And I think a couple of points that really feel, important is that it does feel like you it's almost inherent in that state that you don't you're not looking for validation in it if you're looking for validation it doesn't feel right it's not grounded you can send you can sniff those people out most people can oh nope that's inauthentic they're trying though you can sense their intention if they're coming from a good place but if they're really grounded in like this is me you know what that is and they don't need you to say oh my god you're amazing It's not even that they know they're amazing. They just are. They're just in themselves. And so that feels important to say that anytime, I think it's part of the process that you're going to have to seek some mirroring and validation in order to continue to feel like, okay, yeah, this is right. Other people are seeing that this is right for me. This makes sense. Or people that know me really well, like they're resonating with it. This resonates, right? Okay, okay, okay. But when you're really in that space, it's not about validation at all. Um, the other thing is like, yes, there is a lot of shadow work going on in this. And I think Shaman Dirk makes a really good point in 
the way that he discusses things like this is you can sit with yourself and actually ask your shadow, hey, what's the truth in this situation? And there's a few, I can sense it in the way that my body reacts is like, I'll get a sense of that doom or like that shadowy, like, Ugh, and there'll be an answer. That's the answer that's coming from my shadow, but that's the projection of what I'm scared of hearing. And so then I try to clear it out and I'm like, okay, that didn't feel like that radiating, really yummy, good, warm thing. So what's that about? What's that hiding? Because that's not the real answer. Because the real answer is when you get that, your whole body just lights up like, this is right, this is what it is, you know? But if you're feeling like, oh, it's shadowy, listen to that because that's there telling you something that's hiding the good, juicy thing. So that's also really part of it. And the other thing that I think we should address or... We need to address and need to just kind of talk about my feeling is this sense again of like the individual versus the collective. I and Alexis said it really beautifully um, once in one of our episodes we did with her, where like the more that you honor yourself and your truth, you're actually contributing to the collective. Like that is what makes the collective stronger. But also what I feel is important to recognize in all this, and it's almost inherent when you're really doing it from a grounded, mindful place, is once you start honoring your truth, you have to honor other truths, other people's truths. And so, yes, hopefully you're activating other people to figure out what that is for you. And you may consciously be doing that in relationship. Like, hey, mom, I recently figured out this is my truth. Like, what's yours? You know, you can actively do that or you might just energetically kind of haphazardly do that with your presence. But it's also this sense of like, you have to honor where they are and what their truth is, which may be completely different. And so that's what the real truth is everybody's truth operating at the same time, right? Which is literally the opposite of the matrix, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. So truth is, again, a, a kind of interesting concept. So it's like my truth, his truth, her truth, their truth, our truth, everybody's truth at once. Right. And that's what gets complicated because when you're really trying to focus on yourself and your own truth, you're trying to make space for that, which sometimes you kind of have to exclude other stuff in order to get really clear on what your stuff is. But then you, there has to be a moment where you invite all that back in and you validate all of that because... It's this idea of, I remember in, in this group therapy I was doing, they had this really beautiful concept of like, remember, you can hold both things. Like, and I think that's what you're saying too. It's not dualistic. Like, just because you thought this before, but now you feel this and it's completely different, doesn't mean that it wasn't maybe partly true for you before or that it's true for somebody else and it really like goes against everything that's your truth does not mean that that's not true for them. So you have to be able to hold more space for that. And that's one thing that's uncomfortable in this is, is you have to expand your container. You have to be able to hold the dualities, you know, and being like, I don't believe in that, but I see that you do. And so interesting. You don't necessarily even have to like put anything there. Just interesting. Be curious about that. Hold space for it to exist. You don't have to lean in and fix it and you don't have to make sense of it. You know, I have the word absurd tattooed on my arm because I totally believe the more absurd you let something be, the more space and room for all of the things to be what they really are. Just expect for it all to be absurd. And then you validate what is actually true in the situation. If you try to make sense of it, it's just going to be sticky. It's just always going to be sticky. So 
I don't know. I, you know, I'm not sure where I'm like quite going with that, but it's this, it's interesting to kind of piece apart the difference of how you find it for yourself and then how you also understand the bigger picture of truth in the collective or how you bring your truth into the collective. And I, I think the really what feels and resonates for me is the more strong you are in your truth, the more you can shine it on other people. And it just naturally happens. You don't even have to like consciously or actively do it. It just happens. And so, so much of the work is really just internal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, to, if someone kind of like is like baiting you or triggering you or like trying to like pull you into some sort of reality that is not yours in that way, in that world, you're able to be like, nope. <laughs> like, I think that's why nope was so popular for so long as well with that too. Um, I love all that. That's, I love all of that. Um, and I wanted to add a, add to with the shadow work, like the shadow and the higher self are meant to be aligned and together, right? Like, so the shadow definitely is something that we, um, you know, once we integrate that and like meet up with the higher self, it's kind of like, we're, we're really finding that space of like, there is no dualism. There is no right or wrong in that way. There is no yin and yang in that way. Um, in in the sense of our ourselves coming to our center our own center um you know a lot of the shadow work I've done like one of the shadow exercises I did I was like Cassandra and like crazy psychic and just nuts and like whoa and like wiry and all air and brainy and like whoa and like they think I'm crazy you know like going into these crazy parts of myself and like when when I then acquaint her with my higher self my higher self was like fuck yeah we just like got some more psychic gifts like, heck yeah. And like the crazy shadowy psychic chick is like, oh, awesome. Great. I added, I contributed. <laughs> like it has this like feeling to it where I can kind of sit a little bit more in my, in my truth of that, um, you know, and really this is like this, this crosses into the conversation we've had around gifts and bringing our gifts, sharing our gifts understanding our gifts, um, being and living in that, you know, again, that's like a big, I guess I'll use the word paradigm of mine where I'm like, I want everyone to discover, uncover, and then connect to, and you don't even have to share, but just like know your gifts. And like, that's not news. That's not, it's, it's a classic thing to work with. Like, it's not like, um, you know, there's lots of quotes about gifts and giving them and, and being in your intuitive space, but it is very much about like, oh, wait, 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 you know, that's a gift, right? Or, oh, wait, 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 like it's sometimes it's like kind of backing up and, and like recognizing these parts and these things, because most likely it served a very, very specific purpose. Like this is like parts work in psychotherapy, like a, a specific that exile part, it, it served a very specific purpose for us. That trauma release or that trigger served a specific purpose. And now it, it's like what you're saying with recycling. It's like, oh, no, I moved that recycling bin. <laughs> like, no, 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 I moved that. I don't, I don't need that anymore, right? Like, like it, or, you know, I, I reorganized for something that works better for me, and now I'm reorienting. It's like that, like, shifting um, – two as well and that's moving from oh there's doggies that's moving from the space of of trauma um and into a space of like integration of truth and self in that way and i'll just say not to get too like you know well but we've gone there with the matrix right like <laughs> there are a lot of people who benefit from you not sitting in your truth and like those people who benefit the systems that benefit 
like, don't feed the matrix. (laughs) Don't feed it. Uh, you know, like, uh, and you know, I don't say that out of shame or warning or like, Oh, you should do this and this and this. It's much more like, it's a good way to stop and think about it where I'm like, Oh, am I feeding the matrix? Like, Oh, Tom will laugh at this. My husband will laugh at this because like when I drive, I'm like a little, like I'm, I just have not figured it out yet. I just get really, really upregulated. I think it's cause I'm moving like 80 miles an hour in a metal tube. So I'm kind of like, you're supposed to be, I think we've talked about this. You're supposed to be in fight or flight. Hello. But you know, there's like a little bit of that, but like, I, I think that when, you know, like, uh, like I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm working on this. Like it's, it's a, it's a place that I go to. And and with all of this, I've been quarantining so much that I haven't been driving as much. And I've literally noticed a difference in my nervous system. And I'm like, wow, driving affected me that much. Like it gave me this perspective. Mm. And so like, you'll, it's just being open to these like little teachers, you know, like the recycling bin, the car moment, like it's like open to these little teachers that will kind of connect you to these bigger pieces. I don't even want to use the word bigger there, but like these wide, widened out pieces um, as well. So yeah, I love everything you said. Hearing that it, you know, I was thinking of even in meditation where you start to create a practice of watching yourself, kind of observing your own self and your thoughts and not necessarily taking any um, attachment into it, just, just letting them all flow. There's something of that as well in this observing, of constantly observing what you're feeling. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit is that your truth changes. That's the thing. I mean, you know... <laughs> I'm tired. I take a 20-minute nap. I'm not tired anymore. Or I'm tired, and then all of a sudden I have a good conversation. I'm not tired anymore. The truth changes. It evolves with you. And one quote that I remember really kind of changed my life was, I think it's Whitman that says, so I contradict myself. I contain multitudes. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea of, like, your truth is all of the things at once. It's your shadow. It's your inner child. It's your it's your personality it's your ego it's your, it's your thoughts it's your internalization it's all of those things that's why language is so inept at even communicating your truth and all you can really do is say i feel this right now or you know i feel like i feel like i need to leave now <laughs> i can't explain it and that's something that i really started to cultivate is the way to even start communicating around your truth which i had to do when I had celiac, you know, something that I felt embarrassed about when I went to a restaurant, I didn't want servers or chefs or whatever to hate me or think that I was, you know, needy or whatever, but I literally have this disease where I can't eat something. It, it attacks my system. So I had to come up with a comfortable way to approach that situation so that I could I could start living in my truth and feel okay in it. And I think that's a huge part and when you start communicating your truth is is it's also being around people that understand you know there's moments where i've been in a restaurant with a friend and i'm like i'm sorry we have to leave like something i don't we just need to go i'm sorry you know and they're like it's cool that's fine let's go somewhere else you know you don't even need to explain yourself to people if you really are able to um kind of stand in it and communicate it in a way that's like hey this is going on for me i don't really know how to talk about it but i need this to happen like, that's a great way to start expressing your truths and discovering that. And it changes. It's going to change. And 
you know, it can change in minutes and hours. And that's something you kind of have to, again, expand and allow for that flow to happen. But another thing that I was just thinking about as you're talking is we are in such an incredible time to be alive. Like not even what's going on right now, but just in general. I've been thinking about this for a long time. People coming out as who they are. There's so many different ways this is happening. You know, people that are transitioning, people that are saying, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. This is what I wear. This is what I care about. This is how I want you to identify me. This is how I want you to talk to me, treat me. It's beautiful. There's so much freedom happening right now. And granted, there's a lot of people that fought for that, right? And there's a lot of people's experiences where it wasn't easier and it still may not be easy to be in their truth. But God, aren't they trying? I mean, my goodness, there's so many people that are doing that. And so that's what I really hope is showing others and activating others. What is yours? You know, everybody has a moment of, I feel should, can have a moment of really defining who they are, who they want to be, and stepping into that, really operating in that. And I had this interesting realization, um, you know, where people that have kind of more of an obstacle, they, they have these, what yeah, what they call coming out stories, or it's very official now. I've changed my name, for example. Now you have to call me this. It, it can be a little bit more nuanced for people that don't have those lines in the sand that they're literally crossing visibly to everyone in their community. So when you do change, it is interesting. And in tribal societies, you know, if you went through a rite of passage, everybody witnessed you go to the rite of passage. They know now. You're an adult now. They don't treat you like a child anymore. You use different words to talk to them now. Everyone's on the same page. And so it really amplifies the energy of what the individual is already feeling and shifting them forward. We don't necessarily get that because we're having to really do all the work ourselves and assert ourselves and communicate to our community and family and, hey, I'm different now. This is what I feel now. This is right for me now. As opposed to just everyone understanding, oh, they've, they've kind of stepped into something else. You know, so I would just want to honor that too. Like it is a lot of effort. It can be a lot of effort, energetic effort of not only figuring out all of this in the internal, but then stepping out in it, really maintaining it and holding yourself to the accountable to those things that you wrote down of like, this is what's feeling good. And this, I'm going to stand by what feels good. And that's going to create some interesting tension and dissonance in relationships, in my environment, in the world. I may have to change parts of my life for that. You know, it could be like, I might change my whole closet or you might actually like leave your husband. Like, I don't know. There's so many different ways when you start acting, it does create change. And so that's why people can be there's fear around it because change is the unknown. But like we're saying, step into it. And I think it's it's literally so worth it. It's the juicy goodness that drives so much of what I'm doing is how can I step more into that? And how can I also show other people to do it too? And that's what continues me moving forward and doing it. Because there are some days, like you said, the matrix makes it easy. I mean, when when Keanu Reeves was like red pill, blue pill, there was a moment where he was like, you know, I could just go back to my life and forget all this happened, you know, or I could go down the bunny rabbit hole of, of consciousness and whoa, there's a lot there, but it's worth it. So anyway, I just want to throw that in for size. Like I know that sometimes it can't be easy. There's definitely different circumstances that there is a lot of adversity people face in owning their truth, but this is what living's about. This is what we're here to do is really step into this, each be our own unique 
you know, shining coin, whatever, um, versions of ourselves. And then everything becomes magical. So yeah, truth is rad. Truth is, truth is, (laughs) truth's tough though. Um, and it it is, it's like never ending box of like ribbons trying to find, you know, the, the real nugget, but you uncover more as you're doing that. And, you know, it becomes this beautiful process and it really, to me, is like that whole idea of knowing thyself, which is, I actually gave myself a little trophy for my 30th that I had engraved <laughs> with know thyself <laughs> on it to, oh, that's awesome. yeah, like remember, but also realize like, whoa, I've come a really long way. Like I've been through some stuff personally inside my own bubble, in my own way, which of course is, you know, nothing compared to what some other people experience, but it was my path, it was my journey, it was my stuff to find my truth, and so, yeah, just honoring that, like, also, you know, pat yourself on the back, or whatever feels right that's empowering you to also be proud. That's another question, actually, that a friend once said to me, it's like, when were the moments that you were proud of yourself? And those are the moments that you were really shining and you were really in yourself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love all of that. Um, you know, I, like I was, I was talking to a client before our, um, before recording this and, you know, I was like, you know, when you get to the light at the end of the tunnel, not even like we use it as a metaphor with death, but I was like, then you discover the torch that you take through the next tunnel. And like the next tunnel has lots of things for you there. And then you get a flashlight or then you get no light again. Like it's just like, you know, like I was like, you have to be okay with this journey, not having a vista. And so I'll say to clients, like, you have to be okay that maybe when you get to the top, that it'll be foggy. Like it's not necessarily like this reward system in that way. And I think that's why I like love that you like did the trophy. Cause you were like, I'm going to create a reward. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe we do need more of that. I think we do like the ceremony. I mean, that's we, yeah, recognition. Ceremony, yeah. We like, we grow, we have a society where you're graded on your math and your reading and whatever the heck else. And like, it's kind of silly if you think about it. Like it's, it's really silly. Like I'm like, okay, well, what, where are the teachings around this? Um, you know, and, and this can infiltrate all aspects of our lives, you know, like I think of dating, I think of how many years too with dating in Asheville, like how much stuff I wouldn't have really engaged with had I been connected to my truth in a different way, you know, like, and, and, well, shout out to all the guys I went on dates with. <laughs> I love the humans, I'm sure, in their own ways. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Thank <laughs> you for uh, your lessons. Thank you for your lessons. Um, but, you know, it was a journey for sure. And, and I think I think if I had understood that a little bit more. But, you know, you learn things when you learn them. Period. That's kind of like that's that's the, the, the those nuggets, um, those pieces as well. But. Um, you know, and, and one rabbit hole, like I wanted to go into that, you know, and, and we can kind of like, but, but is the recognition of the matrix, you know, like oftentimes, like, so what I do intuitively is I put a tone and a feeling to it. Oh, my friends are not going to like this. Who are listening? <laughs> because I put a tone and a feeling to it. So I can tell when someone real easily, when someone is speaking through the matrix to me. 
Um, and so Ooh, I like it's that. just like an identifier. Like, um, I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but it's like, Oh, there it is. Like, and, and it goes, it weaves, it weaves throughout the conversation so that I can really focus and orient to them and, and their world, especially in a reading or in like a deep conversation with a friend or, you know, uh, with Tom, something like that, uh, uh, and how to like extrapolate that out. And it kind of like, I like almost like highlight out what I, what I know is not their thoughts. Like, and working with that practice has been really helpful, not only for myself with like the human design projector stuff we talked about earlier with being projected upon, but you know, like it helps me be free of other people's ideas of who I am as well, which is, is projection, which is, and, and which has been really helpful for me too, because, um, you know, like when people, when people, or let's say when I think someone is one way and then I'm like, oh, oh shit, that's a matrix. I totally matrixed this person and I extrapolate it out and I like go into them. I'm like, oh, typically it's just such a nicer space to be in. And I don't mean nice as in polite and sweet and da, 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 but it's just like, oh, hey, like their essence is behind that. Like that's mm. that recognition, that self-recognition, that knowing of the other person. Um, because the matrix can also be really beautiful for armor. Um, it can be really beautiful for like, um, I never thought I'd describe the matrix as beautiful, but it is. Uh, it can be really beautiful for like uh, uh, helping us out when we're at our worst. There's like this idea that we've like, we owe something. Like we've paid the, I said paid the troll to cross the bridge, but we've like, we like owe something to the matrix because it was there for us in a time of need. And it's kind of like, you know, this is a little bit of, I think why people will say the sentence, like the world doesn't owe you anything. Like that person doesn't owe you anything like da da da, because it is a little bit of this. Like we, we learn these really dysfunctional lessons from the matrix and yet call it truth. And so when we're looking at it and we're saying, this isn't truth, this is a lie, then it's real easy to just say, cool, that's the matrix. It's like a way to be like the ceiling is the ceiling. The floor is the floor. Mm. Like boop, take out the meaning. Cool. Matrix. You got me. Thank you. Because the matrix gets smart when you get smart. It's like, Oh, I can match that. Oh, I got you. Oh, yep, 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 yep. You know, like, and so, you have to kind of be it because that's its relationship to you. That is the relationship. It is, it is very much wanting it's contrast. We, we don't exist without the matrix. Um, and so when, you know, like when we're in a space of, of, of thinking like, Oh, it got me again. Here I go. Like, Oh, I got, I went back into that old pattern. Here I go. The matrix wants you to kind of beat yourself up. The truth is like, you're closer, but I mean, the truth is almost like for me, irreverent. It's like, are you over there crying about this again? Like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm here when you're ready. Like it kind of has this irreverent tone to it. That is really helpful for me when I'm feeling like kind of that pity party, that, that place. Um, Cause again, matrix loves that. It loves it. Well, and I think what you're saying also is when you reveal the truth, it's actually so simple. And then once you feel into that, you can't not feel it. <laughs> so it just becomes this thing that it is or it isn't. Yes. Um, yep. And yeah, I mean, I think, 
everything that you're saying is very interesting. I definitely want you to call me out whenever the Matrix is operating <laughs> through me, please. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've become really picky with friendships, so... I don't know. I, I, I'm like pretty, I've become gone into a very Enneagram four place with everything where I'm just like, like, yeah, very internal. I would say the same for me right now. It's been, it's just so much stimulation, I think as well that you have to just really, and that's part of it. You have to curate what your inputs are and what your outputs are. Um, yeah. But even in hearing what you were saying with, you know, relationships in the past, I think something that is part of this process is being gentle with yourself and, and honoring you can only be where you are, you know, when you're there. And also, again, flip-siding it, recognizing other people can only be where they are. And that was something that was an interesting challenge when I was activating so much in my truth and seeing all these things and, and new ways of thinking that felt very right. I wanted to tell everyone. I wanted them to figure it. But it's not my job. It's not our job to teach other people. It's more just by leading by example, trying to activate them and empower them. And just, you know, I've, I've as I kind of mentioned earlier with the example it's like, you know, ask your friends, like, is that really true for you? Why, why do you feel that? Why do you believe that? If you kind of feel that dissonance of like, mm, I don't know if this is actually their truth. Instead of being like, I don't think that's actually your truth. That because that's a that can be aggressive. They can get defensive. That can be a trigger for them. Instead, really empower them, give space for them to be like, hey, um, why, why do you think that? Like what in your experience has shown you that? Really start getting curious with them because that's a way to bring others, um, into their own truth. Um, but yeah, yeah. you're meeting, you're meeting them at their truth mm-hmm. rather than, well, meeting them at the matrix, meeting them and, or, or even like you almost become the matrix in that situation. If you're like, what? you're not in your truth. It's more like, yeah. Okay. Like that inquisitiveness is like meeting them where they are. Well, it can also be Um, really aggressive to reveal the matrix to someone. And some people don't want to see that, or it's not actually like in their highest good to see it right now or in general, who knows? We're not all Morpheus. (laughs) (laughs) We can't all be Morpheus. We can't all be Morpheus. But, uh, but yeah. If you think about that name, Morphing Morpheus, I just, you know, shape-shifting. Interesting. Like a little bit of, But yeah, I think it's like once you do start seeing it, you can't unsee it. And it's that, Mm -hmm. isn't that Rumi that says everywhere you go, there you are? Mm -hmm. Once you start activating this stuff, it's like you kind of can't stop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And there's the the poem by him that's like, meet me in the, you know, in the field beyond where like love and hate exists. Like that, I feel like is like, that's the, that's the meadow. That's the space we go to. Uh, well, yeah, dualistic thinking and that, you know, that's a whole other thing. But dualistic thinking mm-hmm. is the matrix. Mm-hmm. This or yeah. that, me or other, any sense of otherness is the matrix. Yep. And there are ways yeah. that, yeah, it has served our society or served us or created senses of security. Um, but it's this whole activation of like, is that f- true or is it false? Right. Are you actually safe? I don't know. And well, and part of that too is the matrix always fails. Fail. The matrix always fails. Lies always get plucked out. Mm. Like the truth prevails. Like these are universal 
pieces that are also part of that as well, where it's like the lie will be sought out. It will be plucked out, um, you know, and, and so it's like, it's okay that it's devastating, that it's a lie and it's okay that it takes a minute to circle back to the truth. Like, you know, that's a lot of where, where you are, but yeah, you know, like, I mean, the matrix hates to hear that, but it does, it always fails. Well, yeah. And human in nature, even, I mean, it gets louder and that's the thing. You do have a choice. You don't necessarily have to see all this right now, but you may be in for a rude awakening at some point if you don't. And if you get ahead of it, it may be a little bit of a cleaner <laughs> route. But that's totally. totally for you to choose what that looks like and, you know, to navigate your own experience your own way. But, yeah, yeah I do feel like there are moments where, you know, we are all meant to wake up to this, to our truth, to ourselves, and the universe will force our hand at some point. Yeah, totally. Or it might already be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, most definitely. I just thought of like being like, okay, kids, to everyone listening, like, get out a piece of paper, get some crayons, <laughs> and I want you to draw the matrix. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Is it a monster? Mm. Like, I kind of want to do that. Um, I like you know, that because attributing like an some, energy to like, it like weird like um, you know like web is how I see it like this weird like almost like the bee the bee charm like web like the like it's just a grid it's like yeah um you know and and a shadow it's, grid it's a shadow grid and the 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 illusions hang out there and they want you to believe in them and give them energy and give them time and give them space. And, and they, it operates in the ethers. That's why, that's why esoteric things are hidden from a cult. They are separate from quote mainstream because they're powerful because you are powerful. Like it's like classic tale of that. Um, My candle is going crazy as I say that. So there we go. Um, So this is where, when, when we go into this place of like, what are the ethers? Does that exist? Let's prove it. Science. I'm like, Mm. there's, you're really kind of missing the point of like, of the context of what can be useful in this way, because, um, a lot of people gain from you thinking and being a certain way. And so, you know, like when you orient to your own truth, you're no longer giving away that power. Well, and we could even get into the idea of patriarchy is structure and feminine is, like, wild flow. Yeah, that's, like, all the undercurrent of this conversation, for sure. That divine feminine is, you know, like, I almost roll my eyes when I see that term now, like, divine feminine, here we go again. No, like, you know, like, that circular, beautiful, flowing energy is, is really at the base of... Well, I mean, life, (laughs) Um, you know, so um, and the patriarchy wants you to think there's something right or wrong about you. No, that's a whole other podcast. Dualistic. That's dualistic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Libra rising. 
All yeah. those air signs, you all know, you all know dualism the best. You all can discern truth yeah. from from a lie. That's right there. It's right Balance. there for for those air signs. Aquarius, Libra, and Gemini. In case you know, just to say it. And we're in Gemini. Season. And we all have planets in these, so it's not like yeah. the sun or a rising or a moon or everything. So you have air. Most people have it somewhere. Well, we all have it somewhere, but so it's all there. Yeah. I will. The last thing that I just felt was picking at me is the Hopo Ono prayer, which I forget mm-hmm. the sequence, but it's like, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, thank you, I think is what it is. And that feels like almost, you know, I love this idea of like our bodies being technology or spirituality technology. Like that feels like an access code for some like way out or, or way through that that. I don't know that that I don't know why that's even coming to me right now, but that feels like so important. That kind of concept, that energy of when you're creating these boundaries, when you're doing the work with yourself, like forgive yourself, apologize, say thank you, say you know I love you, and then just just keep going forward. Like that is so important. You have to keep doing that. You can't get hung up on this stuff because it'll keep you entangled in the web. Yep. You got to find a way forward. So. I don't know if that prayer helps you at all, but it definitely has helped me in that kind of energy of like, okay, I recognize, I'm, I apologize for this tension or for what's happened. I also, for, you know, I forgive you or I forgive the tension. I forgive myself for creating this tension. And, you know, thank you for this moment and this lesson and moving on. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Tomato agrees. She's <laughs> making some sort of noise over here. You all right there, girlfriend? She's staring off into space and wagging her tail, so she agrees. <laughs> we have a little spirit over here. Hi, sweetheart. Um, yeah, I love that. I really, really love that. Um, you know, and and yeah, I just love it. That's all I have to say about yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I guess we should close out. I hope that this yeah. worked the sound this time and I hope everyone's taking care of themselves and using, you know, some of these tools Rest. for reflection and self care. Rest, rest when you can. 2020 mm-hmm. is just getting started. We didn't really go into that, which I think is good. We'll bend into it, I'm sure, at a later date, yeah. but just rest. I don't really feel that it's going to – I just think it's going to keep trucking forward. I don't feel necessarily it, there's going to be a huge crash later on the road or anything. It just feels like it's just going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones season one. Yep, yeah, season one. Maybe we're on, like, episode three now. Okay. Fair. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> Long way to go. Uh, Stay yes. strong, everyone. Stay true. Yeah. Thank and you. we'll be back soon. Bye.